welcome to this season of the Feminist Voices podcast. My name is Bailey, and I'm one of the 2019-2020 Feminist Narratives Coordinators. This season, the 2018-2019 Feminist Narratives Coordinators sat down with different student leaders to discuss the topic of race in the feminist community at Stanford. For our final episode, Audrey sat down with Catherine, a student involved in the Women's Community Center at Stanford. We hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Catherine. Thank Um, you for having me. (laughs) If you could start with your name, pronouns, if you wish, and what feminist community or communities you are a part of at Stanford and what your involvement is in those communities. My name is Catherine. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. Um, I've primarily been involved in the feminist community at Stanford through working at the Women's Community Center um, my sophomore year and this year. I, when I first got to college, I think it was really important for me to find a feminist community and this ended up kind of being like my home base. Um, I'm also in the Feminist Gender and Sexuality Studies Honors Program and that's, I wouldn't classify that as like a capital A activist space, but as like an academic activist space, I think that experience has also been interesting and I've met a lot of really lovely individuals through the program as well. My sophomore year I did a little bit of activism surrounding campus sexual assault mainly after a sophomore college that I attended um, and it was Michelle Dauber's sophomore college course on campus sexual assault and I learned a lot about I guess issues surrounding sexual assault both on campus and in the area and more of like the legal ramifications and politics surrounding that. How does race affect the feminist activism that you participate in at Stanford, if at all? When I when I first got here, I was like, oh, I, I like have always been really passionate about feminism since like high school. I was like v- vice president of our feminist club at school um, and I really wanted to find a welcoming feminist space that would also challenge me and so I went to the Women's Coalition first like general open meeting of the year this was like freshman fall quarter and it was astounding like there was it was like a room full of like 30 or 40 people like really large group and aside from me there were like I think one or two other people who weren't white this was really I don't know, it was surprising because I thought that the Women's Coalition would be like the biggest, in in my view, like the most visible feminist activist group on campus and also the largest in terms of numbers. Seeing that that was the face of feminism, I think really kind of like deterred me or pushed me away um, from engaging. So I didn't go to another meeting after that. And I know that WOCO has shifted a lot over time because of the leadership of a few individuals. That was my first introduction to the feminist community at Stanford. And so I think moving forward, it was really important for me to find a space that not just kind of more visibly represented, or it wasn't just about the optics or like how like diverse the community was, but I think for me, what was more important was the values that are rooted in the community and that is often determined, I think, by the people who are in it. So if you have a group that is 99% white, then 
there's probably going to be a lot of white feminism in the organizing that happens. I think just generally, since I got to college, I have definitely developed a much more intersectional framework. I think I definitely had like a really problematic kind of Western feminism or white feminist kind of Western savior complex coming into college and had a really reductive understanding of what should be at the forefront of the feminist movement and also just all the invisible labor that has been done. And I think that has mainly been through my coursework, actually, um, and also the process of writing my honors thesis. And of course, working at the Women's Community Center has helped me develop that more intersectional framework. And I think race definitely plays a huge part in that, along with other intersections of class and ability and sexuality. The second question is, how would you describe racial dynamics among feminist communities at Stanford, from your observations? I think this applies to student organizations at Stanford more broadly, but I feel like we do I have witnessed like really exciting collaborations take place between different student organizations, um, particularly in the activist realm, but I also feel like sometimes there is just a kind of an inward focus with student groups, so everyone's kind of doing their own thing, and that's why you have cases where there's three different groups who are putting on an event about reproductive justice. And there's just not that cross group, that like collaboration across groups. I don't know if it's totally a bad thing, but I also definitely think a lot about whether or not we're using our resources to the best of our ability. Um, so back, like during sophomore and junior year when I was <clears throat> kind of more actively involved and like thinking around, thinking about sexual assault, issues around sexual violence on campus. I met with um, the director of the Feminist Gender and Sexuality Studies program. I met with Adrian Dobb and Estelle Friedman and Patty Hanlon um, about kind of how to coordinate efforts across different departments. So between like the Clayman Institute and FGSS, uh, the SARA office, but then also student groups and how faculty can support student activism. Because I know that there are a lot of, obviously here, there's a lot of faculty members who are like heavily invested in the same issues that students are. And I think faculty on like an interpersonal level have definitely been really are integral to like supporting students' development. But on a more organizational level, I feel like I haven't really seen that collaboration take place. After this sexual symposium that we attended, we were talking about how can we aim, how can we work towards a common goal if there isn't that collaboration occurring. So, so I think just taking that issue, and I think it's changed a lot over because as this issue has become more visible on campus and also um, like ASSU and the Stanford administration at large has started funneling more resources um, towards it, I think things have changed, but I definitely did 
did feel like there was a lack of attention to the ways in which sexual violence disproportionately um, affects or differentially affects um, black women, um, black and brown women, and trans women especially. Um, and it was, if you had asked me then, like, who I thought was, like, the face of the movement, um, at least visibly, um, I would have said, like, oh, like, cisgendered white women who come from very privileged backgrounds. I don't think the movement should exclude anyone because it affects everyone and everyone should care, but I do think that there's often a lack of awareness or attention towards whose victimhood is being invisibilized and also whose labor is being invisibilized within the movement. And our last question is, what do you hope for in regards to intersectionality in the feminist community at Stanford moving forward? I think the first thing that comes into mind to step away from sexual violence for a bit, like when people talk about female empowerment or spaces that support women, I think we need to think really critically about who specifically is being empowered. Sometimes that empowerment, I think, happens at the expense of excluding or marginalizing or further oppressing other people who don't fit into the label. So like you can make the claim that, I mean, I think white supremacy can be very empowering for white people, but that doesn't mean that it's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge problem in the feminist community here at Stanford and at large. And for me, I've had to do a lot of introspective work and like challenging my own politics and like continually thinking about who I'm excluding from my own politics and which voices I'm privileging, which voices I'm marginalizing just by leaving out. And I think it's something that we can all attend to more, um, whether it's in regard to race or class or a variety of other social identities. Thank you so much for listening to this season of the Feminist Voices podcast. Tune in to our next season, where we speak with different student artists at Stanford about their practice and approaches to art. Music